Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the Donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. Good morning. Good morning. As you know, last week was cancelled. I don't know about you, but as a kid, I was always taught that uh, April showers bring May flowers. That is a lie. April showers bring snow flowers. And so uh, I'm sure all of you uh, um, experienced the ice and the rain and more ice and rain in April, of all things. Well, if you're new today, welcome, welcome. So good that you're here. We are, we, uh, we are just so blessed that you would uh, join our family today and, and be a part of it. Um, we are actually continuing on a, a series that we have on the book of James. Uh, our series is called Under Pressure, Finding Relief in, uh, in the Midst of Life's Pressure Points. So this week, we're actually going to continue looking through G- uh, James and talking about how we can encounter, uh, how we can um, uh, endure when encountering temptation. Uh, so let me ask you this question: Have you ever been browsing uh, the internet, browsing the internet, uh, when all of a sudden an ad pops up and it catches your attention because the image content or the cryptic message in it? It might say something like this. How to become a millionaire in three easy steps. Or maybe it'll say, uh, don't eat this, with a huge exclamation mark. And, and all the picture is is an empty plate. Or maybe you've been uh, browsing and you see a picture of a person jumping in the water. And all it says is, you won't believe what happens next. Right? I can just assume, right? Or my favorite is this. It's a picture of a celebrity with the caption, gone but not forgotten. And you can't not click on that one because it's your favorite actor or actress. And so you click on it, and what is it? It's an advertisement for hair loss, right? (laughs) Gone but not forgotten. Well, what this is actually called, this is intentional. This is called clickbait. Anyone ever heard of that term, clickbait? Clickbait is what they use where online content, the main purpose behind it is to attract attention, encourage visitors to click on the link to participate um, to, our, sorry, to, to a particular web page. And usually they do this by using misleading or provocative captions or, or images to exploit curiosity in us. And actually, it's the same way when it comes to dealing with temptation. Evil uses temptation to undermine us by making bad things desirable and good. So what do we do when we find ourselves wrestling with temptation? How can each one of us endure in the midst of evil when we encounter evil? Well, let's look at what James says. James 1 20, or 12 to 21, 
If you've got your Bibles or your Bible apps, go ahead and open it up. God blesses those who patiently endure. Uh, Testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempting or tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entices us and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled. My dear brothers and sisters, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God, our Father, who created, or who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shadow. He chooses to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart. For it has the power to save your souls. So let's ask that question again. How do we endure when we encounter temptation? Well, when it comes to the root of temptation, we need to know that God will never tempt you. First and foremost, God will never tempt you. In other words, it's not God who's doing it. James 1.13 says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Have you ever been backed up into a wall or into a corner, and you're caught doing something wrong? It's actually amazing how we find ourselves in those situations, what we'll do. Usually right away, we resort to blaming others and making excuses for the bad thoughts or the wrong actions we've committed. You might say, it's it's the other person's fault, or I couldn't help it. You might say, everyone else is doing it. It was just a mistake. Nobody's perfect. My favorite, the devil made me do it. Uh, or, or on that YouTube clip of that little British child who's saying, it was Batman. Batman made me do it, all right? No, uh, nobody's perfect. I was peer pressured. I don't know. Uh, I didn't know it was wrong. Or in this case, God is tempting me as if to say, God, what did you do that for? What have you done? It's like a person in school or, or at work who is approached by a new opportunity to get a better grade or, or a better promotion. All you have to do is cut a few corners and poof, the better grade or the bigger promotion is there. It's yours. You know it's not right and yet you do it anyways, only to get caught. And your response in it is, how could you let this happen, God? What could you do? What, why did you do that? Why did you put me in that situation? When we deal with temptation and sin and, and all this, this stuff, this is typically our response. We deflect it, the attention off of ourselves. And usually those thoughts come out of uh, the fact that God is no longer center stage in our heart and in our minds. Instead, we choose to ignore God until it's too late. 
And rather than blame ourselves, what do we do? We look to an outside source like God to deflect the blame. You know, if, if you and I were to be honest today, most human suffering, most human pain, most evil that we see and we experience in the world today is by human hands. War, genocide, trafficking, poverty, the Holocaust, the French Revolution, the killing fields in Asia, Rwandan genocide, all of this was done by normal everyday people who were making bad decisions, following orders from terrible people. It's not God that's messed up this world. It's humanity giving in to evil. That's the problem. You know, as, as believers, and it's something I've even wrestled with as a believer, why we face temptation still. Is God tempting me? Well, James would say, no, God doesn't tempt you. God doesn't tempt you. God does test us in order to build character, but he does not tempt us to commit a sin. Instead, he uses those circumstances we find ourselves getting into to help us grow and refine our faith. And so now you and I, we can look at temptation from a different vantage point. And that vantage point is that every temptation we encounter is an opportunity to do something good instead of something bad. The decision is ours. So if we're to endure temptation, we need to remember that it's actually not God that's tempting us. Rather, we see the progression of, of temptation as an internal struggle. It's within us. James 1:14 and 15 says, "Temptation comes from our own desires." If you have your Bibles or, or you want to highlight that, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. You know, a lot of the time we assume that temptation is actually outside of us. It's around us. It's, it's in the world. But what James is telling us is actually it's within us. We get dragged away by our own evil desires within us. I love what G.K. Chesterton says, a famous theologian. Uh, when he was asked about all the problems in the world, he replied simply, what's wrong with the world? I am. I'm what's wrong with the world. My sin is what's wrong with the world. And you see, once we start to understand that, you'll realize that actually without Christ, I am capable of the worst things. Without Jesus in my life, I am actually capable of the worst things possible. Even me. Average height, receding hairline, me. Getting a dad belly, me. Right? Like, without Christ, I am capable of some terrible things. The temptation is in me. 
Which is why we can hear songs like, like even that old hymn, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. A wretch, right? Isaiah says, my sin was like scarlet, but you washed me white as snow. I once was blind, but now I see, right? These songs mean something because it puts us where we are, where we came from, and that because of Christ now, I have the opportunity to to do good instead of bad. That's what I have now because of Christ in me. And what the enemy does is he sees those desires within each one of us, and the Bible says he then entices or, or lures us away from God, like, like a hook used in fishing or a trap for hunting. And just remember this, when it comes to temptation, you can't be enticed by something you don't desire. A vegetarian isn't enticed by meat, right? Just like a child isn't enticed by broccoli, okay? Um, It doesn't entice us if we don't desire it. But what the enemy does is he entices by something you do desire. And that's how the enemy traps you. By exploiting the curiosity or that internal desire you may have. That, or or I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says some of the enemy's best work is not putting stuff in your mind but it's actually keeping stuff out of your mind. So temptation really starts in the mind, not in our circumstance. Temptation is an internal struggle. James 1.15 says, These desires give birth to sinful action, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So temptation comes from evil desires inside of us, not from God. It begins with that evil thought, and then it becomes sin when we allow it to dwell in our minds and allow those desires to actually become an action. And these sinful actions, if allowed to mature when, when, uh, and allowed to mature and grow, they cause destruction, or in this case, death. And sin grows more destructive um, and, and, the, and bigger the more we allow it to have its way in our life. And so what's the best time to stop and, and turn away and, and, and get away when we find temptation? Well, the best time is when it gets too strong, when we see it right away because we, we see what's going on. As you know, this past week, um, we had that ice storm. Um, I live in Brampton, and it was pretty, pretty, pretty thick. And I remembered that during the storm, I noticed some of my neighbors um, actually going outside um, when the storm would die down a little bit. And they'd start shoveling the the slush and the snow and the ice and all of that uh, off their driveway. And I remember looking out there and just going, <laughs> what are they doing? Crazy people. Yeah, that was until I literally the next morning had to take a pitchfork to my driveway to chip off the ice. I'm not even joking. I had like a three-prong pitchfork jabbing away at my driveway. 
Everyone is shoveling off their clean driveways, and I'm using a pitchfork. They asked me what I did for a living. I didn't want to say anything. I was like, mm, don't want to talk about it, right? Don't want to give them an excuse. A pitchfork. And it's the same with temptation. The best time to deal with it is immediately. You don't want to get it, allow it to get too strong where you become defenseless. And this is actually one reason why I'm so encouraged by the word. Because in 1 Corinthians 10.13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Check this out. God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, remember this, when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure. You and I on our own, we can't handle evil. But we have a God who knows exactly what to do. The Bible says he will provide a way out for us so that we can endure, not just get by, not just go with the the flow or, you know, with the punches, but rather we will endure and withstand temptation. The big question, I guess, in the midst of all of this is, do you want out? That's the question. Do you want out? It doesn't mean that it'll always be easy when God provides that way out. But he will give exactly what you need to endure, to get out. So how do I respond to my temptation? How do I respond? Well, remember this. God brings good to you, not evil. God brings good, not evil. James 1 17 to 18 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Check that out again. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of his truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. The enemy's tactics, catch this, the enemy's tactic against you is to pervert the character of God and cover up God's goodness so that all we can see is what's being withheld from us. Check that again. The enemy's tactic is to pervert the character of God and cover up God's goodness so that we only see the things that are being withheld from us. For example, like in the Garden of Eden, right? God says to Adam and Eve, hey, you literally can have anything in this entire garden. Anything, all the fruits, all the, you name it, you want it, it's yours. You have it, enjoy it. All I ask is don't take from the the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You can have everything else. Think of all the like millions and millions and, and all the different food that they could have enjoyed and all the different things that they could have enjoyed. Just one thing not to do. And what's the one thing that they think that God is, is not giving them that's good? You know, maybe 
you you don't relate to that. You're like, well, you know, that's that that was their story. You know, I'm clothed. They were naked. They don't, you know, they don't they don't fully know what's going on. But uh, what about this? How about an example like this? Your parents. Your parents told you, and this is it doesn't matter how old you are, young and old, all of us have experienced this. Your parents say to you, you know what? You can go uh, biking. You can go to um, the movies. You can go to the mall. You can hang out with your friends. Hey, you can go out and grab some food. You can go play basketball. You can do this, 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 that. You can play games, whatever. All I ask is that you just don't go to this party because I know that bad things are going to happen there. I'm sure all of us have experienced that at some point in our lives. Just don't go there. And what do we do? We suddenly think our parents are terrible, right? I can't believe they would do that, right? Do they not even love me, right? Do, do they not care? Do they not want me, right? And we start throwing these, these accusations. Meanwhile, we have parents that are providing food and clothes and education. And you know what? It was a great Christmas and, and it was a great birthday and all these different things. But all we see is that one thing that they're withholding from us. The enemy's tactic is for us not to see God's goodness, but rather what God is withholding from us. As if that thing was a good thing. But in reality, good isn't good if it goes against God's will. Good isn't good if it goes against God's will. And more times than not, the things that are being withheld from us is actually really bad for us. It's really bad. You know, a lot of the times I'll talk to um, people and they'll say, you know what, the Bible is really f- full of do's and don'ts. It's all rules, do's and don'ts. Do this, don't do this, don't do this. I'm not all about those rules. And this is what they assume. But actually, if, if we looked at those rules, those, those things that God encourages us not to participate in, we'd, we'd actually realize that the Bible is very logical. It's very logical. It's very reasonable. Don't do this. Why? Because you could literally kill yourself. That's why. Right? And what do we do? We think God's withholding from us good We always look at that one thing, and that's what the enemy tries to do. And this is why I love what James says. He says, don't be misled. Don't don't be deceived. Every good and perfect gift comes from God, meaning there is nothing good outside of what God gives us. Think of everything that's good in your life right now. There is nothing good absolutely nothing, even the things that you think God had nothing to do with. James says there is nothing that is good outside of what God gives. The good and perfect gifts come from God, meaning there's nothing good that comes, comes outside of God's will, his wisdom, and his word. So when you are tempted and we look to his goodness, guess what he does when we're tempted? Well, he exposes darkness. 
He exposes the darkness. The Bible says that he's not like, like stars in, in the sky that shift back and forth and cast shade and, and all these things. He's not like that. He's the father of light that exposes darkness to help us see clearly and endure. That's what he does for us. He exposes the darkness within us. He exposes those temptations and that evil or that thing that we think might be good and he shows what it truly is. One of the best decisions I ever made in my life was one of the most humbling decisions I made in my life when I asked God to expose the darkest parts of my heart. And it wasn't easy. He was uncomfortable. But when he exposed those things, there was the most freedom I've ever felt. And that's what God does when we face temptation. He exposes the darkness and the evil for what it is. And he helps us see clearly and endure. And not only does he expose that, but the Bible actually says that God is with us. In the midst of that, in the most difficult of times, God is with us. And in the depths of despair, God is even with you. There was a person by the name of Corey Temboom who was uh, uh, a woman who was in the Nazi concentration camps. And she once said this. She said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. If we look at Christ, we'll be at rest. Even in her darkest moments, she was able to find rest and see that God was with her. When we face temptation, God does not leave you in your struggle. Rather, he is present in your struggle, showing you a way out. And not only that, but he actually provides his word. He provides this for us. And it's used to guide and help us along our journey. Psalms 119, it says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So he's not leaving you in darkness. If you let him, he's leading you out of darkness and into his glorious light. You and I, we can resist temptation to sin if we would turn to God for strength and choose to obey this word, his word. James 1.18 and 21, he it says that he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruit of all he created, meaning we'd be an example to the world of what it means to be overcomers from temptation. And so he says this in, in 21, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, that, that salvation message that each of you have received, that, that, that word of truth that you have hope and you have life through Christ. Accept that truth which can save you. Which can save you. In, uh, 
in early 2001, um, some towns in India uh, were stricken by a plague of monkeys. Um, and not the little cute monkeys that, you know, everyone wants as a pet. Um, these monkeys were so numerous, they would invade homes, bite people, um, and make off with food supplies. And it was agreed by the townspeople, uh, the monkeys had to be caught and relocated. Um, the people in the towns resorted to a traditional method where they would catch the monkey um, by using uh, old milk bottles. And they would tie them to the ground, and then they would put a sweet inside of the, inside of the bottle. And so when the monkeys would be passing by, they would see that sweet inside the bottle. And then they'd put their hand in and they'd grab it. But because of the size of the sweet, when they would try and pull out the sweet, they couldn't. And they would desire it so much so that when actually someone, when, when, it's, when their captor, when a person would come to grab and capture the monkey, the monkey still wouldn't let go. They wouldn't let go of the sweet. They wouldn't pull their hand out. They, they were unwilling to let go, not even when the captor was approaching. And so the monkey is caught literally with their hands in the cookie jar. And it's the same way when it comes to sin and temptation. We can be like that monkey that is presented with an attractive offer. Not knowing that if we don't let go and walk away, it'll destroy us. Today, today you don't need to let evil undermine you anymore. You don't need to be overcome by temptation again and again. Instead, what you need to do is what James says is humbly accept and move to action that salvation message you've received. Start applying this book. Start, start allowing God to expose the darkness within you. Start understanding that you're not alone in this temptation, but that God is with you and will help you find a way out. Humbly accept that and move to action. And if you do this, you can be saved. It will save your life. We cannot do this on our own effort. We need him to help us overcome. And you will overcome when your focus is on him, when you allow him to take center stage in your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. This truth that guides us, that directs us. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us, that you expose darkness. Lord, that you are the God that, that only gives good. And every good thing that we have is a product of what you have given us. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you have provided for us. But Lord, there might be some of us here who still have that 
temptation or that struggle that they've been wrestling with. Maybe it's brand new or maybe it's been for years and it's, it's been so dark and it's, it's in the corner of their heart and no one knows about it. But you do. And Lord, I just pray that in, in, in your name, Lord, that you, you would expose that darkness, that you would, you would draw us out from that darkness. And Lord, into your glorious light where we would find freedom, not burdened again by shackles or shame or guilt or that temptation, but that we would find freedom that comes when we rest in you, when we look to you in the midst of temptation, that we would do good. I pray for freedom today. I pray for freedom today. In Jesus' name, amen.